Good morning, church. There we go. My name is Kobe Pulse. I am uh, the associate pastor here at Cameron UMC. It's nice to see you all this morning. Thank you for uh, braving the rain and coming out and to worship with us. Um, just a quick note. Um, on your uh, bulletin, there's a little tear-off strip. If you would take a moment and fill that out, just put your name, any information that you'd uh, like to share with us for our visitors this morning. It's wonderful to see you. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you would, just let us know uh, who you are and that you are here joining us this morning, and then you can drop that in the offering plate at the end of the service. Uh, this, again, it's nice to see you all this morning. Nice to see you all this morning. We've got uh, some extra light on here this morning so we can see everybody's nice and smiling faces and, and uh, as we come just to worship this morning. Um, the way we start here is we always start as we all stand and we recognize that, that, that Christ is here with us. As we gather here in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he says that he is actually here with us in this place. And so we recognize that by, by lighting these candles. We have these, these young folks that will come and light these candles and remind us that Christ is with us in this place. And so we all stand, if you would please, as the light of Christ enters into our worship space this morning. I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer, but as we do that, I'm going to ask you to do something different this morning. I'm going to ask first if you'll raise your hands up nice and high, just like a little child would raise their hands to their daddy. And then, during the prayer, I'm going to ask you to put your hands on your head. I know you worked hard to get your hair fixed this morning, and it looks beautiful. You look good this morning. But I'm going to ask you to do this this morning, so please pray with me. Let's raise our hands. Holy God. You are in this place. And if we stop and just really think about what that means, that as we come with all of our joys, as we come with our burdens, as we come with all of our excitement with whatever this week may bring or our fears of what this week may bring, you are here. The one that we bring all that to, you are here in this place. Place your hands on your head. But as we come and gather in this place, we bring with us yesterday's frustrations. We bring with us today's burdens. We bring with us tomorrow's worries. We bring with us distractions. Help us to clear these distractions from our minds that we can worship you completely, full focus on you this morning. We bring to you our worship in spirit and in truth, knowing you are here, 
hearing our songs, seeing our hearts open to you, that you may come and be within us. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all join our voices together as we sing, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. be seated. I've got a couple of things to share with you this morning um, before uh, Kobe comes and leads us in prayer. First of all, I just wanted to um, share, this has been a difficult week for Deb and I. Um, her dad took a couple of falls this week, and after his second fall, um, we, uh, we had to um, call in hospice and uh, put him on comfort care. And so uh, please keep us in your prayers. Uh, during this uh, difficult time and, and continue to pray for Bill um, and um, we would appreciate that. The second thing I have to share with you is uh, quite a bit more joyous. Um, where is Debbie? She's in the back somewhere. Y'all know Debbie had surgery on Wednesday, pretty major surgery, and she was home on Friday. Pretty awesome. Um, 
And um, she just wanted uh, me to read a little bit of what she's, she, she, she says she cannot thank this congregation enough. Um, she had 11 offers of a kidney, should that be something that she needed after the surgery. Um, and she felt the kindness and the prayers and just really appreciated everybody surrounding her and embracing her and Jim. And um, in on Wednesday, out on Friday. God is good, yes? Um, and so, um, and she, she told me when I talked to her earlier this week, she had to be here today um, to celebrate God's goodness and, and to just offer a thanksgiving for this life-giving community. Um, and so she offers this thanksgiving. And now I am, I'm going to invite Kobe to come forward and uh, lead us in prayer. If you all please uh, bow your heads and pray with me. Holy Father, we are so thankful to be in this place. And during this time is when we bring concerns. But before that, let's, let us first bring praise. Let us first bring thanksgiving. Thank you for the wonderful work that you have done in the Wednesday with Debbie. Thank you for being in that room with that surgery. Thank you for the, the recovery that she's having and able to be here this morning worshiping with us. I thank you for the 120 plus youth that gathered last Sunday and they probably came for bowling or pizza but in the midst of all of that there was a, a, a wonderful message of what it means to be connected to you and connected to others. I thank you for those youth. I thank you for the leaders that brought them. I thank you for the work that has been begun within them that you are showing your grace to these young folks and showering upon them that it'll grow. Lord, we thank you so much for this faith family that when we are going through trials, we have people here with us sharing the burden, saying, however I can help, even if it means giving a literal part of myself for your well-being, what a wonderful feeling that is to know that's the kind of faith family we have. We thank you for all of that that you bring to us through Christ. So now we come to you with the burdens. We now come to you and lift these names to you, Lord. We pray that you be with, with Pastor Dan and with Deb. We thank you so much for these two, the leadership they bring to our church, and pray that your grace, your comfort, your peace would be with them during this tough time, that you would be with Deb's dad during this time. Bring him comfort. Let him not be restless. Other names that I've heard mentioned here in different conversations, Lord, a young girl down in Children's Mercy. I pray that your love, your hand is upon that situation. I pray that you are in that room. I pray that you're doing the work that only you can do, but through it all, I pray that the family is feeling your touch, feeling your warmth, feeling your presence. So many things that we come and, and bring with us and we carry around with us day after day. Well, in this moment, this is where we just lift it to you and ask that you do the mighty work that only you can do. We are so limited in how we can take care of all of these trials and struggles, but Lord, you are, you are God. 
and there's nothing impossible for you. So with the fullness of our faith, we lift them to you and ask you to do the work that you can only do. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We come to you now as he taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. uh, We have ministry of music from our choir.
Praise God, that is beautiful. Thank you. Kids, would you like to come up for the children's moment? Lindsay Tate will be leading that this morning. And as they're coming up, I'd just like to let you know that um, our uh, sermons are now on podcasts. So if you would miss, or if there's someone missing this morning, uh, Dustin and his uh, brother-in-law, Matt, have worked really, really hard to, uh, to record these. And so now you can go to Spotify, iTunes, any place that you can find a podcast. You just look for Cameron, United Methodist Church, and there's a podcast of our sermons and um, services on the podcast. And also this morning, for the first time, we're going to try to have it on Facebook, on our church's Facebook page as well. So make sure you check that out. Good morning. Can anyone hear me? Good morning. (laughs) Okay, so I have a question. Who here has been fishing? Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who did you go fishing with? Um, Daddy. You went with Daddy? Okay. Who else? Who, Who did you go fishing with? Okay. Anyone else want to share who they went fishing with? My dad. Okay. My dad and Bridger. Grandparents. Mom and dad. Mom and dad. Okay. So, um, what what did you catch? Just shout it out. So, so sometimes you catch fish, sometimes you catch nothing. Uh, did you catch anything else besides fish? Yeah? A, t- a turtle with a fish. Oh, a turtle with a fish. Okay. Yeah. Moss. Moss. <laughs> yep. Sometimes, yeah. Okay. So today um, we're going to hear a story about uh, Jesus is walking beside the sea and he sees two brothers and he, um, he saw them, and he went up to them, and he told them that he was going to teach them how to fish. So that's pretty cool. Jesus is going to take these guys fishing, um, except he said that they were going to go fish for people. So how, how are you going to, what does he mean by that? Does he mean that he wants them to take their fishing rod, cast it out, or put their nets, and they're going to pull it up from the sea and there's going to be people inside? No. Well, what does he mean? He means like they're going to try to find people. Just go find them um, out on places. Yeah. He's, they're going to go and try to find people, try to connect with people. Anyone else have an idea? Yes. Help people? Yeah, to help people. So... He meant to go out and teach people about Jesus and to be kind and loving so that people would know what Jesus was like. Um, I want you to think for just a minute this coming week what you could do to help go out and fish for people, what you could do to show people what Jesus is like. So just think about it for a minute in your head. And if anyone wants to share it, raise your hand. 
something kind or loving that you could do this week for someone else? Anyone? Help them. Help them, yes. That was mine. That was yours, but that's a good thing if you see someone that needs some help. Anyone else? Give them a big hug. Give them a big hug. Give your grandma a big hug. I think that's great. So, um, oh, one more. My dad, um, like, help my dad on the tractor. Help your dad on the tractor. Very nice. So, and some other things I was thinking of is if you see someone, if you're at school and you see someone that's kind of having a hard time or sitting by themselves, you could go up and talk to them or just smile at them and ask them how their day is. You know, you never know how much that might help someone's day. So let's say a prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for teaching us how to fish for people. Amen. Thank you. Let's all stand and let's join our voices together in our song of preparation, Change My Heart, O God. be seated. We're going to continue looking at um, what it means and what it looks like to be um, the church of Jesus Christ. We've, uh, we've looked at this for a couple of weeks, and, and the first week we talked about um, it was important for us to understand uh, the mission and the why of the church and the purpose of the church, and we, we talked about the church it being important to make disciples for the transformation of the world, and, and that that involved uh, being outwardly focused while being inwardly centered on Christ. And last week, we began to unpack um, what it looks like to create a life-giving community, what it means to be a life-giving community, that we don't gather just as individuals who come to take care of our own needs, but we gather as a people uh, together to be in this mission and in this uh, purpose. And so uh, it seems like as we continue to explore this, it might be good for us to, um, at this point, ask ourselves, uh, what is it? that we hope to become? What is it that we hope that people who connect with us 
would become if they stick around and connect with us and God and grow in their relationship? What is it that we hope that they become? Because you see, like how many of you, when you have a a child, when you give birth to a child, how many of you want that child to stay just like it is as an infant? I mean, I know they're cute and everything, right? But when they start crying in the middle of the night and you've got to change their diapers and you've got to feed them, um, you're not so sure that you want them to stay so cute and cuddly like that forever, right? You are uh, hopeful that they grow and that they mature and that they become productive um, contributors to the world and society, yes? And to, to God, if you are a Christian. So uh, it might be worthwhile for us to take a look at, um, at what Jesus has to say in Scripture. Because too often, even though we know that the, that the purpose of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, I think often we focus more on making members than on making disciples. In fact, a good part of what I'm going to share with you today um, comes from my reading and study of Phil Maynard, who is a pastor in the United Methodist Church in the Florida Conference, who insists that uh, the church and the United Methodist Church, if we're going to become healthy and vital, we need to shift our focus from that of membership to discipleship. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit today and then also... um, See what it is that we hope that we are becoming. Let us begin by looking at a scripture. And I want to read first from Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Um, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came near to them, and he spoke to them. I've received all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything that I've commanded you. Look, I myself will be with you every day until the end of the present age. Uh, This is a familiar passage to us. In fact, this is where um, I draw that I think the purpose of the church is that we are to make disciples. In fact, if we read that in the Greek, it says, make disciples by going, by baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and by teaching uh, people the ways of Jesus. Um, It is a reminder that we are called to go, empowered by the Holy Spirit, empowered and gifted by the Holy Spirit, uh, to make a difference in the lives of people. We are uh, to invite people to connect, to be incorporated into the body of Christ and to get to know Christ. And we are always and forever uh, together growing in that relationship to learn Jesus' ways. Um, In uh, Mark, the passage to which uh, Lindsay referred... Uh, Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 14 through 20, we hear uh, these words um, from uh, Mark about Jesus. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee announcing the good news, saying, Now is the time, here comes God's kingdom. 
change your heart and lives and trust this good news. And then we're told, as Jesus passed along the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away they left their nets and they followed him. After going a little further, he saw James and John, Zebedee's sons, in their boat repairing their fishing nets. And at that very moment, he called them. They followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired workers. And then I want to read from Romans chapter 12. We read this last week, um, but I'm going to read just the first two um, verses of chapter 12. And here's what Paul says in that letter to the church at Rome. He says, So brothers and sisters, because of God's mercy, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. I invite everyone with ears to hear to hear Uh, the Word of God, and to respond this day. Do you notice, if you've read the Gospels and you've read the letters uh, that Paul wrote, is there anywhere where Jesus um, goes to the disciples and he says, come and become members of my group? No? I I mean, I can't find it. I mean, does, does Paul say, come and become members of the church. Come and join. Anybody find that? You all look that up this week. Go through all the scripture and tell me where to find that, okay? Um, You know, he says, follow me. And then in saying, follow me, he also says, go over and over again, doesn't he? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Um, Sometimes even when we talk about becoming disciples, we hear that as if we are to become like learners. And um, I have started saying we need to become more than disciples. Are you, are, you, are you with me? We need to become disciple makers. Now, I think that that's a part of being a disciple, but I think sometimes the way we talk about it, we miss out on that. And we talk, uh, we, we tend to think that disciple means that we just become learners and we take care of ourselves. But in reality, every place that we read Jesus calling people, he's calling them to follow him so that we can go and make a difference in the lives of other people, so that we can help other people become followers of Jesus. Yes? And so um, you see why Phil Maynard and some others say that the church needs to shift from our focus on membership to discipleship, because when we focus on membership, what is it that we celebrate? We celebrate when someone joins the church, right? And oftentimes when we only focus on membership, we think all of the work is done when people join the church. And, and then we begin to worry about, so then once they join the church, what's the goal? Keep them happy, right? Because we want them to keep coming back. 
Because what becomes important is that they join the church and they, they attend the functions of the church. And when we accomplish those things, we think we've made progress. Do you think that's really true? Do you think that Jesus would have been happy? Uh, do you think Paul would have been satisfied if people simply uh, uh, signed up and kept coming back but never changed or never were transformed? But Jesus begins his ministry by saying, repent, which means change directions, change your lives and your hearts, turn toward God and begin to trust Jesus. You see, when we focus on membership, we miss the point of the gospel. But if we begin to shift that focus to discipleship, we're not just satisfied when people join the church. We're not just satisfied when people uh, attend worship service. We want ourselves and other people uh, to continue to grow in their likeness to Christ. We want for ourselves and for other people uh, to grow in graciousness and love of God and love of others, yes? We um, expect others and ourselves to change rather than for people just to sign up and attend every week and, and never be changed or transformed. When we uh, focus on uh, a membership, our goal is to get people involved in the activities of the church. We just want people to, to attend worship, to sign up, to do activities in the church and the activities that, that the church is doing. But when we focus on discipleship, we want more than that. You see, I, I don't want you all just to join the church. I don't want you all just to attend worship on Sunday morning. I don't want you to sign up to be involved in every church activity that exists. In fact, sometimes I worry that the church creates too much and focuses on too much and actually contributes to the distraction. See, I think God calls each of us to grow closer to him and to discover how we have been empowered and gifted by the Holy Spirit, not just to do church activities, but to do all of life. He has empowered and gifted us, and he sends us into the world, not just to gather as a community to do things in this building, but he sends us to do things in the world. I don't know how we can read the Gospels or Scripture and not see those aspects. And so, so what is it then? You might ask, so what is it? What, what, what is it you think that we ought to be becoming, Pastor? Well, let me, let me throw out some um, examples. Um, worship. Let's take worship, for example. Um, Oftentimes when folks first come to worship, I don't know why you all first came to worship, but oftentimes when people first come to worship, um, 
We're seeking something, right? We're seeking something more in our own lives. We're feeling this need for something more. We're searching for something more in our lives. And if we find a place that opens our eyes to God, we begin to attend a worship event, we begin to attend a worship event because we find that when we attend that worship event, we become more aware of God's presence. We become more aware that God is active in our lives. And so once a week, once a week, we stop and we say, yeah, God exists. God's around. Uh, but if we continue to grow in discipleship, we begin to realize that we need to be more attuned to God each and every day and each and every moment. Does that sound familiar? Those of you, 60-60 challenge, hopefully you all are still doing that. Um, as we grow, we, we begin to understand we need to be aware of God's presence, not just once a week, but, but all of life in each and every moment. And as we continue to grow, we um, find that we have this not that we just feel we need to stay connected to God, but we want to stay connected to God. We want to invite God into everything that we do, and we want to do all of life with God. Now, if we just focus on membership, do you think we're going to get folks to that point? Folks are going to, Alec, if I come every week, and I sing praises to God, and I recognize God, I'm doing good. But if we focus on discipleship, we realize there's more that God wants for us. We begin to see that worship is not just an event. Worship is a lifestyle that God calls his people to. A lifestyle of doing all of life with God. The same thing can be said with community or with hospitality, I think. We um, often come and get connected with the church because we're looking for a place to belong. Does that sound familiar? We're, we're looking for a place where we can belong. And if the congregation does a good job, we feel accepted. We, and we keep coming back when we find a place where we feel accepted. And again, often that's where we stop, isn't it? That's where we stop with our focus as a church. We've got people coming back. They feel like they belong, and they feel like they're accepted. Well, we might take a step further if we've read Bishop Snazy's book on hospitality. We might take a step further and realize that we have a role in making people feel accepted and welcome. Yes? And so we, we may understand that that's a part of our calling. But if we continue to listen to God's Spirit and we continue to grow, we realize that there's even more to creating a life-giving community. There's even more to hospitality than just waiting for people to show up here and to say you're accepted and you're welcome. We begin to realize that if we are moving toward following Jesus, that we become more and more intentional in building new relationships with new people. We become more intentional in building relationships with people who do not know Christ so that we can share 
and make them aware of the love of Christ, not just by the words we say, but by the action and the love that we express to them. Do you hear the difference? Are you getting a picture of who we hope to become and who we hope that those who join with us are becoming? The same thing can be said about our spiritual practices and our understanding when we a lot of times when, first, uh, when folks first come and they, they want to know a little bit, we're curious about who is this Jesus person? I'm, I mean, who is this Jesus person? And what is this about God's love? And, and, and we want to know more and we begin to explore um, who Jesus is and we learn about Jesus. And again, a lot of us, we just stop there with the church. We just learn about Jesus. Hallelujah, we know about Jesus. Maybe that's why um, so many churches don't look a lot different than the culture in which they live is because all we've done is learn about Jesus. If we're going to continue to grow in our discipleship, it means that we not only learn about Jesus, but we begin to put Jesus' practices or Jesus' ways into practice, yes? We begin to live in such a way that a Jesus becomes apparent, and we begin to apply Jesus' teachings. And if we go a step further, it seems to me, it's not only about us growing and putting Jesus' ways into practice, but as we grow in our discipleship, we begin to want to help and encourage and challenge other people to grow in their relationship with Jesus and in their likeness to Jesus. Are you getting the picture? Do you see how often we, we begin Uh, We enter into community for reasons that are more selfish. And and as we grow in our discipleship, we begin to be more outwardly focused. And think about it, the same thing when it comes to service, isn't it? Oftentimes when we enter a church, it's really about what can we receive from the church. The church is here to care for me. The church is here to nurture me. The church is is here to help me through this difficult time. And that indeed is an important part of what it means to be a life-giving community. But it doesn't stop there. As we remain connected and we grow, we begin to realize that we are also nurtured as we begin to give, give and share ourselves. Any of you testify to that? I mean, any of you experienced how much you grow in your relationship with God when you begin to help other people and you see them grow in their faith? We begin to join Jesus in his mission, not just within the walls of the church, but outside the walls of the church. And the same thing goes for our generosity Sometimes we come into the church um, with the idea of, I need to take care of me. Yes? I need to take care of myself. And I'll give my time, my money, I'll give whatever's left over um, to the community. 
And maybe as we grow, we begin to uh, give a little bit over time because, you know, it's important that um, these things that are going on, and, and I ought to give a little bit. And then as we grow, uh, we, we learn the importance of tithing or moving toward tithing, about giving our proportion and giving um, as a spiritual practice that reminds us that we are not controlled by our pocketbooks or we're not even controlled by the clock and our priorities. But if we move further, if we're paying attention to Scripture and we're growing in our discipleship, we begin to reorder and restructure our lives. We begin to reorder and structure our time as if God were truly the most important thing to us. We begin to restructure our uh, resources so that we have some margins so that we are better able to give even more of our time and our resources as God calls us to do so that others might be blessed. You get a different picture of what it means to be a church that focuses on membership versus a church that chooses to focus on discipleship. Which church is going to make the greatest difference in the world? Is a church that simply focuses on membership going to truly transform the world? Are we going to get to a point where we're satisfied with ourselves and we're satisfied with how we're doing and we're satisfied with how our community of faith that gathers together is doing and we just wait for the rest of the world to discover it seems to me uh, that there was a reason that Jesus called his disciples to follow him and to become fishers of people, to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. Because if we're truly going to impact our community and the world, we need to continue to grow in following Jesus so that we're not just satisfied with being a church that celebrates membership, but we desire to be disciples. People who don't see worship just as an event, but understand worship to be a lifestyle. People who understand that community and hospitality are not uh, just about receiving acceptance or even offering acceptance and welcome to those who are here, but it is about intentionally developing relationships with other people who don't know Jesus. We need uh, to understand that it's not just about knowing about Jesus and more about Jesus and being satisfied that we know about Jesus and that we occasionally put Jesus' ways into practice, but we need to be all about living and loving like Jesus more and more every day and encouraging other folks 
to connect with Jesus so they too can join us in that journey. We need to get beyond this idea uh, that church is about serving us, and we need to get in our heads that it is about serving God and others and joining Jesus in mission. And we need to get beyond this idea of a church just hanging on and surviving and instead become a church that is generous and thriving because we know the same God who has given to us and blessed us will enable us to reorder our lives so that we can bless the lives of other people. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be a church that focuses on membership. I want to be a church that joins with Jesus to focus on discipleship and disciple-making. And so I invite you this day to commit yourself to moving beyond an attitude of membership and instead begin to embrace an attitude of I want to be a fully devoted follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we will truly make a difference in the lives of people in this building and in this community and in the world. Look what Jesus started with and look at us today. May it be so in our lives this day. May we commit to being disciples of Jesus Christ. Our ushers will come forward. Indeed, God invites you to give not just of your tithes and your offering. He invites you to reorder your lives, your priorities, your pocketbooks, so that you more fully participate in His kingdom work.
gracious God, we give thanksgiving for both the gift and the giver. Uh, We entrust to you uh, these gifts uh, that your kingdom work might be done in and through Cameron United Methodist Church so that more and more people might connect with you and grow in relationship with you and then go empowered and gifted to make a difference in the lives of other people. Shape us and form us in Christ's name. Amen. And now remain standing as we join our voices together and sing, I have decided, right? Okay. Sharefest is coming up soon. That means our paper, the community events are coming up as well. We're going to be at Walmart on September 21st and Cameron Market on October 5th collecting paper goods to go to local charities. There's sign-up sheets in the entryway out at the welcome desk. Take a moment, stop by and sign up. Thank you. I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? I like to eat. Do you like to eat? Doesn't matter if it's boiled or fried, just eat it. Just eat it. Just eat it. Be sure to join us on October 6th for our Cameron Kids Worship Service at our regular worship time, 10 a.m. See you there. Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you would like to talk to a Stephen minister, or if you are feeling called to become a Stephen minister, please contact Pastor Dan or Pastor Kobe, or call the church office. 
A Stephen Minister training class will be forming soon. Youth group meets on Sunday nights from 7 to 8.30 p.m. We will also have a youth Bible study on Wednesday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. See you there. Wednesday Night Live is for me. Wednesday Night Live is for me. Wednesday Night Live is for me. Wednesday Night Live is for you too. Come and join us. I also want to um, invite you all, beginning Sunday, September 29th, which is actually a week earlier than we had anticipated, we're going to begin Table Talk. Uh, that is our version of spiritual formation and spiritual formation groups. And so on September 29th at 6 p.m., that Sunday evening, we will um, have our first gathering and we'll have another opportunity offered on Tuesdays at 6 and so uh, put that on your calendar, uh, plan to come and to participate, even if uh, you're not sure, I invite you to give it a try. Come and join together with a group of folks um, as we um, discuss a little bit further the sermon and the scripture, and then just um, connect with one another. So, Table Talk begins September 29th and October 1st, so mark that on your calendars. And now, um, I invite you to take seriously Jesus' invitation to not just become members of a church, but to become disciples of Jesus who grow together with God and each other, so that we might go forth together, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to make a difference in the lives of other people. 